0: Hi, I'm Jalen Rose, and welcome to the Renaissance Man podcast proudly presented by the New York Post. Next up, we have WWE superstar, Naomi. She's one of WWE's biggest superstars and has made a name for herself in and out of the ring as the first African-American woman to win a WWE SmackDown title. Coming up, I'll talk to Naomi about laying the SmackDown, joining wrestling royalty And the importance of being authentic. Up next, WWE superstar, Naomi. Let's go. Hi, I'm Jalen Rose. And welcome to the Renaissance Man Podcast proudly presented by the New York Post. A show where we cover trends in fashion, entertainment, current events, and everything in between. Where's your phone? Download the podcast right now. Leave a five-star rating. Text a friend. Email a family member. Call a coworker. Let them know that the Renaissance Man each Thursday drops a new episode of that good old-fashioned soul food. Shout out to Goody Mob. What was your favorite theme most recently? How about Mind Over Matter? With Charlemagne the God. Trust yourself with Mayan Bialik. Or how about Great Expectation with Neil Brennan? The Renaissance man is breaking all glass ceilings. The VIP has had a revolving door. There has not been a show that has had the variety of guests that we've had, the information that we provide. This is like a book. Listen up, I got a story to tell. Thank you very much. Without your support, the Renaissance man wouldn't be highly acclaimed. So I'm very grateful. This week's theme is Know Your Glow. Your biggest strength and currency in life is that there's only one you. You're unique and your voice. Perspective and talents are necessary to making your field a well-rounded environment. And I get it. A lot of people might tell you to be more ubiquitous or code it in language like be more mainstream. What about that haircut? That accent? It's just not professional. But really what they want is a world full of thems because it actually makes them feel more comfortable. But for the rest of us who are watching and listening, that's boring. Yeah, I said it. That's boring. We want to see you. We want to hear you. Be 100% unapologetic, same you, that you are off wax. Don't be closeted. Don't close your gap in your teeth. Don't switch codes. Know your glow. Know what makes you special and use it to your advantage. My next guest knows all about that. WWE superstar Naomi is known for her hair her attitude, and her glow. She's one of the WWE's biggest superstars and has made a name for herself in and out of the ring. Coming up, I'll talk to Naomi about laying the smack joining wrestling royalty, and the importance of being authentic. Up next, Naomi. Jalen Rose, and welcome to the Renaissance Man Podcast, proudly presented by the New York Post. You know the drill. You know what it is. A show where we cover trends in fashion, entertainment, current events, and everything in between. Our next guest has been known to lay the SmackDown. Naomi is one of the WWE's. Biggest superstars. She made a name for herself in and out of the ring as the first African American to win a WWE SmackDown title. And if you haven't experienced the glow, you're missing out. It's my honor to welcome Naomi to the show.
1: <laughs> Hello, that was a hell of an intro. <laughs>
0: You, you killing it out here in these streets. So I had to represent, I'm just jealous. I haven't been able to come support you guys in person, but I definitely would. I had Titus O'Neil on the program previously also. Oh,
1: that's, that's my boy right there. Absolutely. Really good
0: dude. And like he, you're a WWE superstar. As I mentioned, born and raised in Florida where many Mm -hmm. wrestling superstars have been made. What was it like growing up and when did you develop your interest in WWE?
1: Um, growing up in Florida, I come from a huge family, really big family, um, country living Southern life. I started entertainment at eight years old, started dancing. Um, my dad put me in dance and, um, I danced tap, jazz, ballet, lyrical, modern hip hop all the way up to the age of 18. Mm -hmm. And then from there I became an Orlando magic dancer, Mm. did that for a few years. That was awesome. Um, I cheered from 2007 to 2009 seasons and also got to be a part of the Dunkin' dancers team. We were like one of the first teams to do the the, where the dancers, you know, dunk the ball, um, had a great experience, got to travel doing that. Oh, yeah. And then from there um, is when I saw my first wrestling show and I was just I got the wrestling bug, never watched wrestling growing up, never knew much about it. And um, I seen the women perform and I was like, oh my gosh. And my mind was blown. I was like, women can do this. I was like, (laughs) I want to do that. And just, just luckily the, um, the developmental at the time where you had to try out was in Tampa, which was only like an hour and 45 minute drive. So did my research, talked to a couple of people and um, got myself a tryout in Tampa, went to the tryout, passed the tryout. Um, and got myself a developmental contract, and everything has just been going from there. And 12 years later, I'm still here.
0: (laughs) Well, you're definitely doing your thing. I retired from the NBA in 2007, and I heard you were cheering with the Magic from 2007 to 2009. So let's rewind some of those years. Like, when did you get into it? Like, are you a basketball fan? Who was on the team? Like, what was some of your favorite routines?
1: It was such a different time back then, especially seeing how the games are now. Like, they don't even have the dancers anymore. They mm-hmm. don't officially have the dance team, which I that was heartbreaking because it was such a, a big deal in the community when we would have yes. the tryouts and, like, every everything, the, the work that we did in the community. Like, so I, I feel very, like, blessed to have come in at the time that I did and I got to experience that. Um. I am still a basketball fan, um, and I'm trying to think who who was there. Dwight was there at the time mm-hmm. I was there. Um, we had a we had a pretty dope team. Um, 2007, 2009, and in 2009 we actually went to the playoffs against the Lakers. So yes, we got to, to the fly. finals. Yeah, the finals. Yes. Yes. We went to the finals. Bowling.
0: Stan Van Gundy was you guys' coach. Y'all had Hedo
1: Turkaloo,
0: Rashard yes. Lewis.
1: They were yep. the y'all were balling. Yes, we had we was fire, and I just remember being like, Oh my gosh, if we win, I, I didn't know. I found out like the dancers get rings too. I was like, Oh yeah. snap, my last year I, I could possibly have a ring. And I remember just like going over to LA, and we got we got we got swept, man. But it was such a great experience to this day. I'm like, I should have a championship ring no on doubt. my finger, right?
0: Absolutely. <laughs> Well, y'all won but, the man, Eastern Conference Championship. That does come for something.
1: It do, it do. Yes, yes. That's what I ride with Magic, like I, I ride. Like, you, you gotta be with them when they, when they ain't doing so good. And you also gotta ride with them because they're, they're gonna come back. They're gonna bring it back, I got faith.
0: No doubt, represent <laughs> your team. They got some really good young players that I'm rooting for yeah. as well. Jalen Suggs and Cole yeah. Anthony. So they're, So they're building something. How has dance,
1: influenced you in wrestling? Um, It's taught me so much like um, being a part of a dance team and at such a young age, um, it teaches you how to um, be very disciplined at a young age, Um, going, traveling, going to the different dance competitions, being around such a diverse group of women and people, it teaches you great social skills and um, just athletically, being able to incorporate things that I've learned and in dance into wrestling, like, that just happened so naturally and easy for me. Um, in dance, you have to memorize a lot of choreography. And in wrestling, it's kind of like a dance in a way when you're in there, you know, fighting with someone. It's, it's two people in there really working together and using your bodies together and having to trust each other in there. So, like, I feel like it was just a natural transition. Um, for me, an easy transition, although the two are like very different. Mm -hmm.
0: Great feet, great footwork for sure.
1: Yeah.
0: And good with your hands and work Mm -hmm. with the team. And as you mentioned, you know, the, the choreography of it and and in 2021, Mm -hmm. you know, we've seen a lot of ceilings be broken for women in professional wrestling. Yeah. What are some of the biggest challenge you still face as a black woman? in the world of wrestling
1: um i think just in general still trying to fight for the tv time um mm-hmm. you know getting mm-hmm. matches that are longer yes. than mm-hmm. two minutes and although you're you're thankful because there's still like so many women that aren't even getting the tv time it's like mm-hmm. okay i got two minutes at least at least i got that i got two minutes to show and prove and get people behind me but you want more, you need more, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? To, to develop those stories and those characters and um, just um, the writing, you know, challenging the writing and what they have for me creatively and going outside the box of the stereotypical characters and also pushing myself creatively to inspire and also give the fans what they want and, and need for me. And, you know, um, just continue to grow and evolve creatively as a character and entertainer. It's, it's it's very challenging.
0: That's the perfect answer. And I saw this happen as we spin from your Orlando magic with the WNBA for so many years, they were minimized with their television time. And mm-hmm. people tried to assume that because they weren't being more visible, it wasn't because there wasn't interest. And then all of a sudden they started being on more nationally televised games and people started to fall in love with the game and their ratings have been higher than ever. I anticipate that happening with you as well.
1: Absolutely. That, that opportunity has to be there. And I realize whenever the women in our industry are given that opportunity, they, they knock it out the park every time, but it it does, it can't just be sporadically. It needs to be consistent. So that's what myself and so many, all of us are like still pushing for and fighting for each, each day, each week.
0: Well, I'm a huge fan of yours, the WWE, along with my Griselda brother, Westside Gun. We promise to come <laughs> and support you and sit front row. And I have a couple of numbers of people in my phone that you may know that I'm really close with. One is Jamie Horowitz and two is Nick Kahn. And I'm gonna reach out to both of them and tell them exactly what we talked about here because what you're saying is true. And for you, you became the first black woman to win the SmackDown title, as I mentioned. Mm-hmm. What was that experience like and how much has it changed your career?
1: Man, that was, um, that was mind blowing because at the time I hadn't even, I, I just, I, I had been here for so many years and I had just been just grinding so hard and just so focused. It took me six years mm. to get my first championship. So mm. all of that was on my mind was just getting a championship. I hadn't even realized that no black woman had ever even held it. I didn't even realize that I had made history when mm. it happened until after the fact. So I thought that was um, that was just a, a just a um, very special touching, uh, fulfilling, rewarding experience. And since then, women have continued to make history. We had um, our two Black females, Bianca and Sasha Banks. They made history headlining WrestleMania mm-hmm. as the first two African-American women. Um, but there's still so much more history to still be made um, as women and as Black women in this in this industry. And um, I'm just looking forward to continuing to break those those glass ceilings and and make history and accomplish more
0: you're definitely doing it and in my own way I try to have my own personality and flavor in sports and entertainment but maintaining my integrity but also representing our culture so you might turn on tv and see me with an afro and a pick in my head with a fist in it or a picture of Harriet Tubman over my shoulder and you mm-hmm. do that with the glow. Yes. It's a full experience. Afros, neons, flying elbow <laughs> yeah. drops. Can you explain the glow and how you came up with the concept?
1: Um, so the glow is a, a meta a metaphor. Um, the whole concept just came up from just a hard time that I was going through in my career and like not believing in myself and having a lot of self doubt. And also dealing with like so much input from social media that we have nowadays with like Twitter and stuff. So like the fans really let you have it. You you experience the good and the bad. And it it was important for me to not let so much of that dictate who I was and who I was becoming as a performer. So I just started to, like, talk to myself more posit- positively. And it was when I really started believing in myself is when I started to see things turn around. So the whole GLOW concept is just about um, believing in yourself, being positive, and having confidence, and shining bright, finding, finding the light in those, those dark moments and dark times in your life no, no matter what. And then I was like, man, it would be cool if I could physically express the glow and show it. So that's where all of the, you know, the aesthetics came in and I wanted to glow and I want to wear neon and like, I love bright colors. I love that naturally. So it's just all these elements and things about myself all kind of came together into this character and something that really just started out to elevate myself and lift me up. But I realized that it kind of became like a movement and something that helped so many other people. And so um, I stuck with it and I live by it. It's not just the character. It's not a mm-hmm. gimmick. Like I, I really believe in the positivity and you speak to yourself a certain way and giving yourself positive thoughts, like feeding all that good energy, staying away from the negative, staying away from just bad entities and bad energy mm-hmm. and you know, like associating yourself around good things and good people mm-hmm. keeping your mind focused and like, like no matter what just shining through those dark times.
0: I appreciate mm-hmm. that vulnerability and humility because what ends up happening is people assume when you get famous, when you start to get paid, when you have some success that you're not overcoming turbulence.
1: Ooh, that's when it gets that's when it gets the worst, like the hardest. I feel like.
0: Correct. And so (laughs) tell me, as you've encountered this journey, social media in and out of the ring, what was it like for you? Give me an example of something that you overcame that you now want to encourage somebody else that's looking at you. That's a fan of yours that give them the
1: strength that they can, too. I would definitely say I, I um, just had to overcome like my own insecurities as a performer. Um, our WWE universe is such a huge part in the fans and the audience of what we what we do. Like it literally makes us. So they do have a lot of input and they do have a lot of a lot of say. And now with social media, people can directly contact you and tell you everything that they like or don't like about you. And so um, Twitter was just like a new thing when I first started in 2009. There wasn't even an Instagram. Mm-hmm. So now fast forward, you know, 12 years down the road and you got you got Instagram, you got Twitter, you got Snapchat, you got you have all these different um, medias of opinions just coming at you constantly, constantly. And if you don't if you don't know how to filter that and balance that in um, con- control that, it, c- it could really af- affect you negatively. And it, I, it was doing that to me because I care so much about my craft and what I do. So when I would see bad things, I was like, okay, I don't need to do that. Let me, they don't like that. I shouldn't do that. But then it was it, it was changing the way I perform. And that's not what got me here. What got me here is trusting myself, knowing what I'm good at and believing in myself. So like I learned how to, to channel that, how to balance that and um, how to cope with, like, social media mm-hmm. um, nowadays. I think it's so important, and I think, like, it's something that isn't really talked about a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of need it because it's a way to connect, and it's, like, a part of our career, but it, but mm-hmm. it, you also have to know how to shut it down and filter it and not let it literally, like, destroy yeah. you. You know what yeah. I mean? So I, I would just say, like, um, be confident and secure in yourself and just know that it's okay if you don't have everyone's approval and if everyone isn't behind you. And if everyone doesn't accept you, because sometimes you're just, it's okay to not be for everybody.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and I learned your that. Work and do what yes. you love. And then the other thing is a lot of times, almost like sports, sometimes people with social media accounts have an agenda, mm-hmm. that could be your competition, that could be somebody that works yep. on their team, that could be somebody from another network. Like a lot of times those don't be real accounts. <laughs> no, <either. laughs> no. Right, so, so we're consuming like negative energy yeah. and thoughts um, a lot of times because it's written Mm -hmm. And so you have to learn, and I had to teach myself this, social media is an application on my phone. It's not my Mm -hmm. actual phone. I can't (laughs) hold this thing in my hand 50 times a day and keep going back and forth to IG. I I just can't keep doing that. That, That's not healthy.
1: It's not. It's not. so, So how
0: do you balance that? Because I know you need to send tweets and promote things for mm -hmm. advertisers and endorsers and sponsors and engage with the fans.
1: Yeah, we, my husband and I, my husband wrestles as well. So, Mm -hmm. um, we both just give each other those, those shut off times. Like when we're on the road and we're working, it's cool. But once we get to the hotel together, it's done. Mm -hmm. Um, once we get home on our days off, shut it down, um, by nine o'clock at night, you know, put our phones down when we're at the dinner table with our family, put it down. Also, um, I have two stepkids and they're 13 and 15. So they're, they're, you know, we're having to make examples for them. We can't tell Mm -hmm. them that's too much. You're on that phone Mm -hmm. too much. You need a break. And, And we're not leading by example. So that helped us also to like, get that in check and, you know, know when to, to balance that and shut it down because, I just, this is something so new. Like, I'm an 80s baby. We, we grew mm-hmm. up, you know, on dirt roads, riding go karts, riding mm-hmm. our bikes. Like, we were always outside and it's such, it's just crazy to see and to be living like through that, that change and that experience. So, yeah, it's, uh, you definitely just got to find the balance and constantly work on it because yeah. these, these things are designed to keep us hooked and locked in. Yes. So naturally, you just you you want to stay on there because it's all the things on there that are that interest you. It's yeah. it's crazy. It's such like a mind. It is such a mind.
0: <laughs> it's an addiction. It's an no addiction, different than chocolate yeah. or caffeine Fast. or drugs or alcohol. It, it's literally an addiction. And so, like having that level of balance is something we all need. And as you alluded to, and you married into and I did some homework, a Samoan wrestling dynasty.
1: So for those that don't know, please (laughs) describe what
0: that actually
1: is. He comes from a legacy of successful uh, wrestlers in his family, which I didn't even know. I didn't even know when I met him. I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know who was who. (laughs) But yeah, uh, his fathers. Uh, I'm country bumpkin, man. I even, I had never met a Samoan until I met my husband. It was crazy. <laughs> I was like, what you is? Black? White? Oh, Puerto Rican? He was like, <laughs> oh, Samoan? Oh, Samoan? What's that? Like The Rock. Oh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, uh, his his dad is a Hall of Famer. His uncle's a Hall of Famer. Um, mm-hmm. Just come from a long lineage of, of wrestlers who's been um, doing it. He's second generation, um, and he's currently a tag team champion with his twin brother right now. They're known as the Usos. So mm-hmm. yeah, he's he's making history now on his own as well.
0: Power couple, and I love and support those. And by the way, when y'all met, he probably didn't know this that you once was a backup dancer for Flo Rider. Tell me about the experience.
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> no that, that was during my, my dancing days. Um, <laughs> I was actually dancing for the Magic at the time. And um, a friend of ours, he did like bookings and, and gigs and stuff like that. And Flo just happened to be in town and um, he had the Ellen show and it was Spring Bling, Spring Bling 2008. Wow. And we just need it. Go back. We just need it. Go yes. Back. Oh, spring bleeds to be so fun. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, so, yeah, we um, ended up, me and um, some of the other, two of the other magic dancers ended up getting booked and um, got to experience that. And that was, like, one of the most funnest experiences of my career, um, getting to do the Ellen show. Mm. Um, it was, um, she had a show at, like, Universal Studios. And then we went down South to do spring bling. And it was just, it was just cool. Like we're like, what, like 19, I was like 19, 20 years old Mm -hmm. and getting Mm -hmm. to see and perform, you know, with um, some of like my favorite artists at the time, Mm -hmm. it was, uh, it was such a cool experience. And then fast forward. um, And he ended up doing um, some appearances in WWE. So we end up bumping Indeed. into each other again. So it, it was just, it's just funny, like how small, you know, how things come mm-hmm. full circle and how yeah. small like the world is, yeah.
0: Right, absolutely, especially the entertainment world. And for somebody yeah. that has a background in dance and now a great performer in the WWE, a champion, the first black woman to be a champion, and that's right, I'm saying it with my chest. What do you <laughs> think makes a successful- Smackdown champion. Yes. SmackDown Smackdown. champion,
1: because we've we've had some some sisters before me who like mm -hmm. Jazz Jacqueline who really set the stage and you know open those doors for me. So yeah, I
0: appreciate the way you pay homage. What do you think makes a successful ring persona, man, or like the qualities to make a WWE alternate? alter ego, you know, trying to figure mine. Yeah, you know, (laughs) you had to get into character. You know, like, like Clark Kent, at some point had to become Superman.
1: Right, right, right. So it goes into that. I think, I think the most, the best characters are the ones that are the most genuine to you and who you are. Like Mm -hmm. the rock, that's the rock stone cold. That's just, Mm -hmm. that's him. Like those to me the biggest ones are, I mean, to me, the most, the realest. And when you can connect with people that that's it. And uh, also you gotta be a great talker and have some good charisma. Mm. And then you gotta be able to back it up in the ring.
0: No question. I appreciate that. And lastly, what advice would you give a young lady? Who is interested in pursuing a career in the WWE?
1: I would say go for it, full throttle, 100%. And you may hear a thousand no's, but as long as you know who you are, you will get through and you can be successful at it. I am a prime example. I was told I wouldn't get far. I was told I wouldn't last two weeks. Mm. I was told so many, so many disheartening things, but I just always believed in myself. And I think as long as you have that about you, you can you can be successful at anything.
0: And that's why you're a superstar, Naomi. But before I let you get out of here, there's some rapid fire questions that I called Uh-oh. on the 60 seconds. You ready to do this? Let's go. All right, obviously. Besides your husband, your better half. I'll say that just being a man. I know you dominate and you run the world. Who, in (laughs) your opinion, is the greatest WWE superstar of all time?
1: Ooh, Ooh, man, that's a hard one. That's a hard one. I know.
0: I know. <laughs> You're Like fact, what? Who else, so going. <laughs> who else I'm gonna ask?
1: Who else I'm going ask? Um, I'm gonna just I'm gonna just go with the Rock because he's the Rock. <laughs> like it don't get no higher than the Rock. The Rock, no John doubt. Cena. No
0: <sighs> doubt. A lot of us, including Midwesterners, love to go to Florida as snowbirds. So outside of Florida, because you get to live there, what's your favorite vacation
1: spot? Ooh, gosh, I can't remember. It's a, it's a place in Napa, and we only went one time and stayed one night, but it was a, it was a ranch, and I can't even remember the name of it because we were literally just in and out and on the road, but it was the most beautiful place I've ever been to, and I can't wait to go back. I bet oh, you and can... I, Breckenridge. It wasn't Breckenridge, oh, but that's Breckenridge. another spot. I like Breckenridge. We went skiing, and I almost freaking killed myself because I didn't know what I was
0: doing, but <laughs> it was yeah, awesome. I, I, I applaud you for trying. I definitely <laughs> applaud you for trying because that's definitely a cultural, you know, sport. You know, we don't know oh, the, yeah. to say the colder it gets. So I, pretend, I appreciate you. I trying. ain't have
1: no business out there. I ain't have no <laughs> business out there, period. My husband and kids were killing it though. They was like, shh, shh. I was like, how are y'all? I got, I got so upset, so I just left the slope. I had to leave. I was horrible. Now, <laughs> If you come from
0: a Samoan wrestling dynasty, plus there are kids involved, I have to ask you this one. Name a Samoan dish everyone should know about. Oh man, gosh,
1: you're gonna be so mad at me.
0: (laughs) Cause I know he eating, Uncle Hall of Famer is eating, they
1: eating. Man, dang, (laughs) I I can't even, oh man, this is embarrassing. I can't even think of one. (laughs) <laughs> His mom comes in town and she cooks us like all the Samoan dishes. What, and does she one. Cook?
0: what is she I can't, cooking? I can't think
1: of it. Is it broth? One? Is it chicken? Is it beef? Is it is it? One, okay. One is, called, one is called cocoa rice, but I was, that, that's not really, there's, i was trying to think of one with the Samoan name dish and I can't think of it. I'm going oh, to say cocoa Rice. You already know. The
0: They're about to be mad
1: at me, child. <laughs> like, we've been feeding you for years and you can't name one dish? That part. <laughs> Embarrassing. Horrible.
0: All right. Who, <laughs> in your opinion, is the nicest, the kindest current WWE superstar?
1: Oh, man. There's so many. One is The Miz. Mm. Um... He's just, he's just, he's helped me um, on so many different projects. We got to work on a movie together. And just seeing his work ethic and him kind of like just helping me through that was awesome. Also, another is Ray Mysterio. Like, mm. he is one of the biggest superstars of all time. And no matter how big on the roster you are, how small, he always comes and says hello to everybody, gives everybody a hug. Natalia. Um, Serona, these women in the locker room who have just been around, but treat everyone with respect and it's, it's always love. Um, Kofi, Kofi Kingston, um, Big E, our current champion. Like, I can go on and on. There's so many amazing people that I, I work with and that I admire and I look up to. So, yeah, I mean, I'm in good company, no
0: doubt, and spreading love. And finally, I know you have enough jobs. And your husband might not like me asking you this, but I've seen The Rock, Batista, and Andre the Giant all do this. Would you ever consider acting? Yes,
1: absolutely. Yes, I I kind of got a little acting bug too when I we did um a WWE film, the Marine, the Marine Five, and then once I did that, I was like, man, this is. This is pretty cool. Like, this is something I would like to be interested in and challenge myself with. So, so yeah. You guys heard it
0: here first. When you see her on the silver screen, don't be surprised.
1: <laughs> she is a superstar. Her name is Naomi. Thank you very
0: much for joining the Renaissance Men.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm a big Thanks fan and life. I appreciate it. Thanks I appreciate for the platform. The love.
0: I'm definitely going to come out and support, no doubt about it. Last call! Last call! I'd like to thank Naomi for stopping by. I can't wait to go represent in person, sit ringside, and watch her do her thing. I'd also like to thank you. Yes, you! That's who in my Scarface voice. For making the Renaissance Man the number five entertainment news podcast in the United States. Keep downloading! keep sharing with friends. Each week I get to come here and share some of the things I've learned with you and that retrospect in turn has actually been therapeutic. I'm so fortunate, so happy that I get to project positive energy into the world through this podcast. And I'd like to thank you for coming back every week. I'm the Renaissance Man. See you next week.